Hey, good evening, everybody. It is now 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. Um, my name is Andre Anderson. I am host and founder of BSTL. And of course, what does BSTL stand for? It stands for Building Something That Lasts. So I hope you're keeping well. Um, I hope that you are adjusting well. Those of us that are in North America, uh, we know that there's a seasonal change that is upon us, and um, I don't mind it at all. Um, I'm not looking forward to the, you know, the winter part of things, but I'm okay with where uh, where things are trending right now. So anyways, we have another uh, conversation that we're going to jump right into um, today. Um, this one's going to be a good one, and uh, I know for um, you know a fact this one is going to challenge uh, some of the leaders that are here, um, but it may also be empowering um, for those that are listening saying, yeah, 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 that's true, that's true, that's true. So anyways, here's the conversation we're going to have uh, today. This one is entitled, It's Not Your Fault, But It Is Your Problem. Uh, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. So the reality is that for every single leader that is out there, at some point, um, whether you are moving laterally or up the company um, ranks, um, there is going to come a time where you are going to um, be seated in, in a seat, in a chair that has been uh, preoccupied or occupied um, by somebody uh, before you arrive there. And the reality is um, there will be some joys and there will be some pain. There'll be some sunshine and there'll be some rain. Um, big up Rob, Rob Bass, right? So I just wanted to put that one out there. I was thinking about that song the other day. I digress. Um, but the reality is you are going to be uh, sitting somewhere that has been pre uh, occupied by somebody who has done a fantastic job. Um, or maybe not so good a job. I mean, the reality is, is that sometimes you, uh, in your your desire to move uh, move up, you will accept something, and then you're going to find that you are pulling your hair out to some degree. And let me explain to you why. No matter how great um, a leader is that you are coming behind, um, they're never going to be perfect. Okay, and I need to say that out loud, and I know that as leaders, sometimes we think that uh, God has sent us to fix all problems, and we will be able to uh, take care of anything that comes our way, but the reality is there are times where you are going to inherit something that while it may or may not be a well-oiled uh, machine in terms of how it's functioning and or operating, you are going to inherit something that somebody... Um, either chose not to deal with or it wasn't an issue until you came along. And then, of course, I want to remind you of something, right? So, you know, as some leaders have it as uh, the way that they do what they do, they, they toe the line a little bit, right? So when they come on board, uh, they don't want to ruffle any feathers. They want to learn. Um, they want to hear the voices of the team that they've been working with and so on and so forth. Um, but the reality is, uh, no matter how well the person has served before you, in whatever capacity it may be, there is going to come a time where you are going to realize, I've got an issue here that I have not created, um, and the truth be told, I wish that I don't have to deal with it. And I have heard some um, leaders uh, in the past say 
that when they join a team and they, they are now getting their feet wet and trying to get a sense of what's happening, uh, they do their very best uh, to stay clear of um, some of what they may be inheriting. And I know that not everybody's going to agree with me um, on this one, and I'm okay with that. Um, feel free to comment and, and share your perspective, especially on LinkedIn. That's the space to have uh, the broader conversation. Um, but the reality is, I, I don't know that I subscribe to that anymore. And so maybe we're going to take a little bit of a walk through this conversation now. The, the, the reality is that if you are leading, no matter where it is, when you inherit a problem, an issue um, that the previous leader may or may not have known about or may or may not have chosen to deal with, you cannot afford to not at least acknowledge that it is an issue and figure out how you're going to have to deal with that particular issue. Now, let me also say this. Um, I understand that some issues are principle-based, um, in nature, which means that there's no way around it. It might be a systems issue. It may be a process issue. It may be a personnel issue. It may be how you collaborate. It may be how you view your concept of leadership. It, it could be any of the above. Um, but the reality is, is that when you um, have now decided that you are going to take up uh, the mantle of leading a new team and, and leading in a different direction, while you are creating some of the change that should come along with your 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 tenureship, um, the reality is you cannot avoid um, the elephant in the room because that will be a part of your leadership. Now, to the person that says, but Andre, I didn't create that mess. Uh, the drama that those two individuals are going through, I didn't create that um, that mess. Um, the, the issue around the process of getting things done, um, whether it's a formal or informal way of doing things, I, I didn't create that. Um, there's some system challenges that we are experiencing. I didn't create that. And I understand you can say all of that all you want to, but the reality is, is that for this individual that you are now um, coming behind, they're not there. And your new team who has been living through the experience of whatever these challenges are that the previous leader uh, didn't have the time to do anything with, didn't want to do anything with, may not have been aware of the overall issue. Uh, now that they're gone, there are some people who maybe become soured um, under your new leadership if you uh, avoid the elephant in the room, if you avoid the fact that this is an issue um, that you have arrived and found, you can't just pretend that you don't see it just because you didn't create that challenge. And let me say this, um, it's also a dualistic growth moment um, if you are courageous enough to do something with it. Um, because at the end of the day, if you can figure out, and the thing is, let me also just remind us, when I say figure out, it doesn't mean that you are working in an island by yourself. So whatever this challenge is, it doesn't mean that now that you're sitting in this seat, you've got to figure out what the issue is, you've got to um, call it out, you've got to fix it all by yourself. No, 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 I'm saying you have a team. You've got some individuals that are on your team that were there from the very beginning. They were there before this issue became an issue. And because they have a context as to why this thing has happened and or occurred, 
they have the capacity to now say, well, here is the reason why we're, we're here. This is the reason why we've gotten to this place. Um, there were some things that should have happened um, that didn't happen, but either way, it's still here. And, and part of this process of fixing a problem that you haven't created is that you're also getting the purview or the perspective um, from those that have been there for quite some time as to how we got there. Um, I, I think that sometimes as leaders, too many of us, um, we rush into the fire um, and we don't necessarily get a sense of where the hottest point is of what of this whatever the circumstance is that um, the organization may be dealing with. Like you have to ask some questions. And the thing is you're not asking questions. and let me just say this, please deny your flesh of trying to tag it to the previous leader. Whatever you can do, do your best to not make it about them and demonize the individual that you are now um, leading their team or leading a process or leading a system. Like, just don't bother with that. Because at the end of the day, even if you realize that your predecessor um, is responsible for this issue that you now have to deal with, um, there's a level of integrity that you also have to walk with that says, we don't know what they had to deal with, right? Because again, you are um, inheriting something that is coming from a certain um, place, right? You don't know all of what it is that that leader would have inherited when they now join, when they would have now joined the, the team um, for the very first time. So this challenge that they may have created. Um, it may not have been intentional, and it may not even be um, that they, they they have been a part of whatever this has um, developed and become because they weren't a great leader, but in trying to solve another problem, they may have created inadvertently this problem, right? So you, you have to be careful um, because you will always find on, on a new team um, individuals who are soured, right? They feel completely dejected. They feel betrayed. Um, they feel as though perhaps the, 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 the previous leader may not, not have walked with integrity. And when I say integrity, not necessarily that they did something morally wrong, but they just didn't deal with that issue. And that is the conundrum as well, if I can say this, of being a leader. When you walk into a space... There isn't a manual that says these are the 10 things that you're going to have to deal with. And so therefore, you need to start with this and work your way down. So when you arrive, if you decide within yourself that this in principle is a problem, that if you ignore it, it's going to go away, it may actually make it much more difficult for you to do your job because if you don't deal with that thing, then you can't get on to the next thing. And remember, um, even though we may be talking about processes and systems and, and some of the collaborative pieces that go along with leadership, here's the reality. You're not dealing with just machines. No leader ever just deals with machines. And I know that AI is taking over the world and I can see where the world is going based on technology. But the truth is at some point, even if the work that you do is computer-based, you're going to have to work with people. Now, so here's part of where um, we kind of turn the corner on this conversation in terms of 
what we have to do. We have to figure out what the issue is that you are now inheriting to which you don't have a context for. But we also have to make sure that while you are dealing with that, that that thing doesn't consume you. Right. So you're going to say as a leader, well, I've got to do this. And until I do this, I can't move on to the next thing. So many years ago, um, I was uh, at the seminary and there was a professor there. Um, one of my favorite professors, he may or may not know this and, and it doesn't matter. Um, but I was in this um, theological class and we were just looking at um, philosophy of theology right, in terms of how you put your concepts together and ideas and a little bit of exegesis. Those of you that read the Bible, that's not a new word, um, and maybe that's just a, a, a high-level word for Bible study. Um, but the reality is, this particular professor, he opened my eyes to something um, that has really helped me out a lot in leadership. Um, he said to us as a class, and he's been saying that thing for years, um, and I'm saying it here hoping that it may help somebody else. Um, he says that whenever you are dealing with any type of theological issue, don't just look for the obvious, look for the both and. In other words, what he was saying was, if you kind of get stuck um, in this kind of um, way of processing how scripture lays itself out and you're only looking for one particular answer that has one particular bend, you may miss the obvious other side of things because there's a both and. It doesn't always have to be an either or. So I come back to our conversation in terms of what we're talking about here today. Um, as leaders, I'm also saying that you also have to figure out how do I do a both end? So how do I deal with the issue that I have inherited while I'm also beginning to develop what is going to make me who I am while I'm occupying um, this particular space at this particular time? Because again, if you are dealing with a past situation that you did not create, you don't know how long it's going to take you to resolve that thing. But at the same time, if you get distracted and now you're down this rabbit's hole and you're so far down that thing that you're not doing um, the very thing that you were hired to do, then you may fix the problem of the past, but then that also means that you're not necessarily moving the organization forward because you've now got this other thing that you're working on and working with that also needs to be addressed simultaneously. So one of the things I tell leaders all the time is that you also need to have some short-term victories while you're still getting your feet wet, while you're still getting a, a sense of what it is that you've inherited and the magnitude of the work, you've got to figure out how do I manage the thing that I was that has um, um uh, crippled our team, perhaps, and how do I also move forward so that we're not just stuck in the past, but we're also chiseling and shaping our way into the future. Now, to the person that says, I don't care what you say, Andre, I'm not doing that, no problem, right? Um, there's always multiple ways of dealing with different things. I'm okay if you choose not to hear what I'm saying, but here's what I will also say. Uh, and of course, I am trying to persuade you, and I, I, I am trying to get you to perhaps see um, my angle on this particular thing. Here's the thing. Whether it's an old problem or a new problem, here's what we have to really come to grips with. You're still working with the same 
team, unless you are one of the quote-unquote privileged that when you've moved into um, that office space, everybody got fired, and so you're starting from scratch, so nobody cares. But it doesn't really work that way. So what happens is now is that your team has a sense of hope, right? And every single time there's a new leader that comes in, there are some people that are mourning the past, and then there are some that are celebrating because they are, you know, for years they've been saying, we need a new leader, we need a new leader. Sure, um, there are people that are mourning the past and or celebrating the past, and then there's also a high level of skepticism, especially to those who may have been soured by some of the challenges that may not have been addressed in the rearview mirror, you still have to work with them and you still have to mobilize and galvanize and, and bring these individuals together so that you can get some work done. And if you come in and the only thing that you are concerned about in their opinion, because remember, perception is reality for those that they see things a certain kind of way. When you come in, if you're just trying to make your mark and prove why it is that this organization needed you and why it is important that you are there, and then you ignore um, some of the challenges of the past, well, here's the thing. That is one of the fastest ways for you to lose um, new momentum because the, the old team that is expecting you to clean up some of the mess as well as lead them further forward, they're going to begin to look at you with a high level of skepticism because remember, they're still living through some of the problems and issues that you have inherited. And so therefore, one of the things I think that's important, and I often do this, I like to look for honest people. Um, and I guess sometimes all um, honesty can be seen as, as relative because honesty is through the eyes of the, be the beholder. Um, when I say honest people, I like to um, look for individuals and, and kind of get closer to individuals who are truth tellers, even if it shows them on the negative side of things. I often like to look for those individuals because those individuals, they are extremely helpful and resourceful because as they are telling you the truth as they understand it, they are trying to do their best to really share, here's what really happened versus here's what happened from my perspective because I didn't like the previous leader. And, and of course, you have to be careful as a leader um, because no matter where you lead, when you first arrive, everyone is going to come for you. And when I say come for you, um, good morning, Andre. Would you like a coffee? Would you like a tea? Um, do you have a few minutes? I'd like to just sit down and get to know who you are and get a sense of what it is that you, you're planning on doing. You know, you will always have those individuals. I mean, they're ready for you. The moment that they see the nameplate changing and they know that there's a certain individual that is coming, they've already done their research on you. And so when they've done their research on you, what they may have found out may be true or false, but it's still information um, to them. So when they come, when individuals come, you want to listen out and, and hopefully you are experienced enough and um, critical. And when I say critical, I just mean evaluating all of the information before you form a conclusion. You know, I've seen some leaders that they've shot themselves in the foot because whenever they find that people are helpful, they'll take any help as long as it's help. But the problem is, is that sometimes 
where you get the help from, that may be the thing that kills you because as other individuals on your team are watching how you're partnering and drawing close to certain individuals, the ones that you really need to hear from, they're going to pull away because they've already then formed some assumptions. So part of this idea of dealing with some of the issues of the past and dealing with some of the challenges in the present is you have to make sure that comprehensively you're looking around your team, collaborating in terms of how you put the information together with individuals that don't just speak one way, but there are different worldviews, different perspectives that they are bringing to the table. And by doing so, you are going to gain enough information that hopefully will help you to deal with um, some of the challenges of the past, but also deal with some of the challenges as you try to carve a way forward. Now, let me tell you why this is also important. It's important because these same individuals that have a lot of information and a lot of data, you're also going to need them to help you to carve the way forward. And this is the difficult part of things um, as we talk about this process of inheriting issues and, and having to deal with them while also moving forward. You also have to help these individuals to understand that part of what will solve the problem is by dealing with this new solution. I hope you're hearing me, right? So what happens is they want to know, how are you going to deal with this problem right now? And you have to understand the system that you are creating by way of leadership in such a way that you're now going to be able to show them that, yes, we are dealing with this problem indirectly by also dealing with this thing that I'm hoping to implement, and this is the, 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 the part that some people don't agree with me on. And I know um, those that work with me, they know that my style of leadership is very transparent. Um, I am more inclined to share more than less. And the reason why I do that is I don't want to be perceived as working in the shadows because in the shadows, that's a very tricky and difficult place um, for anybody to be in. I like to share um, more and more and more information as we're going through the process because sometimes um, the opposition that you receive is that because as leaders, you know, especially if you're in an environment where you don't know who to trust, uh, there's, there's more of this inkling that I'm just going to pull back and I'm not going to say a whole lot. They'll, you know, the proof will be in the, in the pudding and they're going to see after a while that even though I haven't said much and I haven't addressed everything, um, part of what I'm putting together um, is going to help us as we move faster or more strategically forward. Yeah, I, I hear you, but what do you have to lose by just telling them how you hope to bridge um, this issue that puts us both in the past, in the present, and in the future all at the same time. So these people that have identified what the issue is, as they are coming around and, and supporting you with the hope that either A, their personal agenda will be met, or B, um, their desire to help you, what's the flaw in telling them, because more than likely they're going to share what you what your ideas are, right? So what's the flaw in now telling them, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to do it, and this is how I'm going to implement it, and this will happen after month one, and this is going to happen after month three. What I'm saying is, is that in this process of bridging things from past to present, 
to where we are going in the future as leaders, we have to open up a little bit more. Like we, we seriously have to get over the, um, the fact that, oh, if I share this thing, then somebody may take my idea and they may get the promotion that is due to me. And I'm saying there's a level of mystery that is a part of this process. And it might even be true that somebody may ultimately get something that belongs to you. But because it's not their idea, even if they bring it to the corner office faster than you've had an opportunity to, what they're going to say is not sustainable because it's not their idea. And because it's not their idea, they have not had an opportunity opportunity to map it out. And because they haven't had an opportunity to map it out, the only thing that they can do is share that which you have shared with them, but they may not be able to go any further because they don't have the insight, the wisdom, or the discernment to take the idea from just an idea to implementation. And we've talked about this in a previous pod, um, podcast in season one. What I'm saying to us here as leaders is that at the end of the day, you have to be able to, to, to move people from being stuck in the past because you're showing them that you're dealing with the issue that seems to have overwhelmed them. And at the same time, you're showing them this is where we are and this is how we're going to get to the next level of leadership and the next level of implementation of ideas that become true principles that are now a part of the organizational culture. And maybe part of what I'm trying to say today is, is that if you can solve a problem in the past, you are actually um, eliminating some of the stress level and the weight of this team that you've inherited that you don't know them yet. And, you know, I often uh, think about it in this kind of way. You know, I've, I've got kids, and, and, and one of the things that has always allowed us to be connected is how involved, historically, I've been in their formative years. You know, the changing of the diaper and all that other stuff. Because I used to do that a whole lot, and they're not in diapers right now. They're, <laughs> they're all kind of sort of potty trained. They're older now. Um, but the reality is, is that being in the trenches in the formative years has given me some currency now that they're getting a little bit older. And the same is also true in the office setting, that when you arrive, you are almost inheriting something that is in a formation, even though you are now inheriting, inheriting it and you don't understand the culture completely. But if you can eliminate some of what they've been fighting for and desiring to see change and improvement with, if you can make their lives a little bit easier there than those same individuals that may have checked out, here's what's going to happen. They now will become advocates for where it is that you are going because you have dealt with something that impacts them directly. And so they are now going to be willing to deal with something that is going to directly impact you as this new leader who has been brought there to not just be status quo, but to be a part of new ongoing change. And I should have said this earlier in the conversation, just as a reminder, remember when you get somewhere and you now are in that new seat, it's not your job to toe the line. Your job is to create the new change that moves the organization forward. Now, the rate of speed, I can't tell you that. 
Because in the culture to which you are inheriting, if you move too fast, you might lose some people. If you move too slow, you might lose some people. But either way, you're going to be learning about that in the process. But if you can just deal with some of the old issues while implementing new strategies that will take you further, fast, faster, and forward, here's what's going to happen. There will be some people who have checked out that will become the greatest assets that you will have ever worked with. And the reason why you want um, to deal with these things is not just from the organization's perspective, but if you improve the quality of their lives in the organization as part of your leadership, I promise you, by um, default or by extension, you're also probably going to be helping them to have better quality of lives at home if they have families or friends or people that are around them. So we're not just dealing with the issues in the past for the organization. We're also demonstrating through leadership how, by extension, these people that will come to trust us, how to deal with other things that may be long outstanding issues that you have now helped them to navigate and map their way through. So what is it that I'm saying? Don't avoid it just because you didn't create that problem. Find a way to be a part of a solution of something that someone else has created because that's going to become your currency. And once you have enough currency, I promise you, some of the individuals that no one else has been able to work with or work through, those individuals will also help you to become the best leader in this new assignment that you've never had before. And by doing so, here's what will happen. You will galvanize people, you will bring people together, and you will have a much more cohesive space where growth and work and unity and harmony are beginning to happen. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. This is one of those conversations that we have to have. You've got to deal with some of the trash from the past. And by doing so, you can create a much beautiful, much more beautiful experience in the future. My name is Andre Anderson. Again, I'm both host and founder of BSTL. And if you'd like to have this conversation further, BSTL Inc. 21 at Gmail. Send me an email. I'd love to come out and talk to your organization. And if you haven't already done so, I'm going to tell you to do it one more time. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and or share this with somebody who needs this conversation. Here at BSTL, we're not just building something that lasts here for us on the podcast. We want to build something that lasts for you out there, wherever you're leading. Take care for now. Until next time, bye for now.